0: And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan,
1: commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win,
2: baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we begin. And we are live from Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center. After I drove here all night well not all night all morning left at 4:30 in the morning and got here and we're ready to roll and it's great to be here i am thrilled to be back i believe this is my 22nd or 23rd radio row wasn't here last year due to covid but we are back this year and it's really interesting and really unique a smaller crowd but still a big crowd very spread out everybody's got much more room uh, the key to radio row over the decades is you are on top of each other that is not the case this year uh, there's a lot of room between the sets here it's kind of a quiet day but we're gonna have some big guests coming up here momentarily which we're, we're excited about and we're gonna have a lot of national names we'll be talking to Hall of Famers and of course from noon to 2 we'll have that Raider advantage that we have here on the flagship and I want to thank everybody here the Raiders digital team is here they're gonna do a great job Q our program director set us all up here and got us here So this week should be all about Q, Uh, getting a big pat on the back for pulling this off as we are here. And we got a great set, a lot of uh, Raider signage. I'm looking over to one set. There's Pat McAfee. The other set's Jim Rome. I'm looking at my set for my night show at Sirius XM in the back here. And there's a whole bunch of people just getting into town. Uh, My ride was interesting. I left at 430 in the morning. From the mean streets of Summerlin, as Ed Granny would say, and drove all the way here, and I was on time. Things were going great until I hit a wall of traffic entering L.A., which should have took me about 20 minutes. It took me about two hours to go the last 20 minutes and made it just in time so we could get going here, start some interviews off, say hello, get settled in, and I'll be here to Friday at 2 o'clock. A couple of big topics that I want to get to right out of the gate. There's a reason I'm here. And I didn't come yesterday, and I came today. I wanted to make sure we were fresh. We were excited about this opportunity. My number one goal always at Radio Row is to talk to the biggest names and have a lot of big-time interviews and do it that way. But what I want to do this week is I want to work for Cliff Branch and the memory of Cliff Branch. So this week is all about Cliff and the opportunity for every caller that we talk to because, again, we're going to have limited time to take calls. For all the great callers that we have, we want some mention of Cliff and the impact that Cliff Branch had on your life as Cliff Branch is going to be all set to go into the Hall of Fame on Thursday if everything plays out. Now, I'm not a guy that's going to sit here and talk about jinxing anything. Uh, No one cares about me and my opinions on that. But I will tell you, everything is aligned for Cliff to be all set to be ready to go and be ready to go on Thursday night at NFL Honors. So I'd like to get ahead of this and be the spiritual radio guide for him going forward and to hear some great Raider fans from Oakland, from Texas, from the University of Colorado where he played, and all points in between. If you're a Raider fan, this week I ask you for one favor. Get ready for Cliff. Have some type of phone call, maybe in the beginning, middle, or end of your call, on what's happening in Cliff Branch's legacy. In your life and then hopefully we get some great news which should be expected on Thursday night and when we do get that we'll have a celebration on Friday with a special guest so that's the way it's gonna be the rest of the week we'll talk to all the Hall of Famers Rod Woodson will join us coming up here in a little bit he just texted me back he's gonna come on here probably in about 20 minutes Michael Irvin the playmaker will join us Uh, Fred Belitnikoff is supposed to join us but Freddie had to move around today We're also going to talk to Solomon Wilcox, who I have on often. He played for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's always a good guest. And then we're going to talk to an individual who played for the Buccaneers back in the day, Randy Grimes, who is an athlete in recovery, and he has a very good message to send when it comes to mental health, sobriety, pain pill addiction. I think it's an important interview because he has a lot to say. That'll be coming up here in a little bit. Uh, really, last week was all about Brian Flores and what was going to happen with his lawsuit. Uh, this week, as more and more NFL players, fans, and coaches are talking about the future of this league with the Rooney Rule, uh, we've got to kind of not put this to bed, but figure out what's going to happen next in the next cycling hire because all of these coaches have now been hired. Brian Flores is not one of them. And with the other coaches that were just hired here over the last couple of days, you could see now why Mark Davis wanted to go relatively quickly with Josh McDaniels. He wanted to go re- relatively quickly and get in there after tremendous due diligence to get the coach that he believes could lead the Raiders into the future. On top of that, Rich Passaccia ended up in Green Bay as a special teams coach. I think that's a brilliant hire. If Rich Passaccia wasn't going to remain the head coach of the Silver and Black you can go to the team, maybe the best team in all of football, that came up short because of special teams. And that hurt in a big way. I mean, Green Bay would be playing here in the Super Bowl if it wasn't for special teams at home. They were the one seed in the NFC, and Rich Bisaccia goes there. And the other coaches that are moving around will get into, as they land other jobs, most importantly, Gus Bradley, who will be the defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. So if there's anything that you want to add on these Raider coaching hires This would be the week to do it. We have this great Raiders set set up here to talk Raiders football and how you feel about also your Raiders Super Bowl memories as we go forward. I was just talking. I was on a show in Vancouver about 20 minutes before this show just started, and I wanted to talk quickly about what's going to happen with the Raiders going forward, and the host asked me, he goes, well, do the Raiders quickly make a Super Bowl run with this hire? I said, I have no idea. I don't know if they're going to take a one-game step back, a two-game step back, or win three more games. I have no idea. I'm not in the prediction business. But I think Mark Davis brought in Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels for a big-picture run at multiple championships. Does everybody understand that? This is a big-picture run to get the organization where Mark Davis right now believes it needs to go with the competition level in this league and now the quality of GM he has working alongside the head coach. That's the way I'm telling it to everybody else here. I don't predict games. I predicted the Raiders to win nine last year, and they won ten. But I think that the Raiders now are very confident in the headquarters in Henderson, feeling that they have the right team in place to go out and get better players. Most of this offseason, we will sit and talk about who are the better players. Who do they need to go out and get? And I think we'll find out pretty quickly as I sit here in Los Angeles at the convention center if they're going to go via the draft, if they're going to trade out of the draft and go get free agents, and what they are thinking about in regards to the direction of the quality of player that they want to put on this team and the direction of the youth of this team compared to the veterans of this team. I thought the veterans were a big part of the Raiders winning 10 games this year. They brought in veteran players like Denzel Perryman, Casey Hayward you look at the additions on this team overall they were solid and helped this team make the postseason but there was also an influx of youth over the last couple of drafts and some of the younger players really stepped up down the stretch including Josh Jacobs who I thought played very well in the final quarter of the season when the Raiders really needed to him to step up in a big way so that'll be the storyline last night as I was on the air on Sirius XM Dennis Allen was announced as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints, which I believe is a good hire there. Uh, Dennis Allen, former head coach of the Raiders, gets a second chance now to lead a team that he's been with for the last six years. The question there, which is a little bit controversial, is why did they interview Eric Bieniemy after they knew they were probably going with Dennis Allen? And that's been the root of the problem with the Rooney Rule and the problems that we've seen in football over the last couple of weeks especially after the announcement of the lawsuit by Brian Flores was the Eric Bieniemy interview in New Orleans at the very very last second another sham interview and a sham interview is when you interview a candidate knowing that you will not hire them and Raider fans should know all about Eric Bieniemy he's African American he's the offensive coordinator assistant to Andy Reid and he's been interviewing nonstop for the last three years, and he can't get a job. If you would have told me two months ago that Brian Flores and Eric Bieniemy both wouldn't have been a part of a new coaching cycle, I would have said no way. And it happened here now. So for the Raiders, the stability they have and believe they have at the head coaching position is going to be critical going forward. As other teams were slow to make moves, didn't come out of the gate and make initial moves, got caught up in the effects of the Rooney rule where they didn't handle it properly, and those teams are getting (laughs) really hit hard here on Radio Row as we kick off our Super Bowl coverage. 702-365-9200 as we wait on Rod Woodson to call in here in a few moments. Rich Gannon is in the room too. I just saw Rich a few moments ago. We might be able to get him on here at some time here in the first hour. But I want to take a step back and get all the Raider fans to talk about what they think now happens going forward. Because this is a pivotal point for us as we're in Los Angeles and we're seeing the Cincinnati Bengals prepare for the Super Bowl. A team that won two games a year, two years ago, four games last year, and catapulted themselves all the way to the Super Bowl. If the Bengals can do that, is there a chance that we could see that with the Raiders? especially with the Raiders coming off 10 wins. 702-365-9200 is the number there. There's a lot of news to get to, too, on more coaching hirings. Giants hire Wink Martindale as their new defensive coordinator. He has a really good reputation for the years that he had in Baltimore and the years he had with the Raiders as he was a defensive assistant there. Good coach, good guy, good job for him. And then the lead story at ESPN.com today is Tom Brady, on his podcast yesterday, where he didn't completely close the door. He said he's happy with his decision to retire from the NFL, but, quote, never say never. So people are wondering, where the hell did that come from? Brady said, quote, I'm just going to take things as they come. I think that's the best way to put it. I don't think anything you know, you never say never. He told that to Jim Gray on their Let's Go podcast on Mad Dog Sports Radio quote at the same time I know that I feel very good about my decision I don't know how I'll feel six months from now incredible that he left the door open there not many people believe that he'll end up uh, clearly coming back but he opened the door there and a lot of people are running crazy with that 702-365-9200 we are brought to you by our great friends at PT's best happy hour in town 5 to 7, midnight to 2 I am honored to tell everyone at Golden Entertainment that they are our lead sponsor as we are on Radio Row in Los Angeles at the Los Angeles Convention Center. I'm thrilled to be associated with them. You know I talk about their happy hour, what you can do. Go on and head out to P.T.'s. are live from the Super Bowl all week and just got confirmation that Jeff Sherman will join us here at 1245 with the latest lines that are coming out of the Westgate at the Superbook of the Westgate. And we'll find out if there's any new prop bets that are out there. For everybody gambling on the Super Bowl, we want to hear from you. Want to know what your bet is, how you're betting, what prop bets that you like. And as I always say, try to help everybody out along the way. If everybody else can hear what you're betting on, maybe they'll go to the window and place a similar bet. It won't move the lines. Everyone will get along, and it'll be great for you to help out everybody. If you claim to be sharp, tell us what your bet is for the Super Bowl. Hey, everybody, wake up. I'm live from the Super Bowl as we get going here. We're here till Friday at 2 o'clock. Again, Q did an incredible job getting us all set up here. So, we got some big guests, including our first guest, Hall of Famer Rod Woodson, kind enough to join us, former member of the Silver and Black. His great years with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Baltimore Ravens, played for the Niners, and I believe is one of the top 25 players, if not more, if not better, in the history of the NFL. Rod, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. How's that bonus check from the Pro Bowl treating you?
0: You know, the extra little money for winning—it it always helps.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you want to win that game? I was so happy for Max Crosby getting the defensive MVP. Uh, he played with some energy, batting down some balls and running around a bit there, huh?
0: You know what? It, you know, it's—he uh, played the fastest on the field, right? And uh, you know, I, I look at it and. And I was talking to quite a few of the guys on the sideline, like, you know, it would be really hard for me to play slow like that. You know, just in, in my nature, I would want to play fast. And, you know, and at times you would see certain guys on, on the teams playing fast, you know, but Cosby just has it in him. He has that high motor anyway. So it's kind of fun to watch him play. Uh, guys are getting frustrated with him because he was knocking down balls and he was chasing down the quarterback. So I, I enjoyed him doing that, man, because that, that's old school football. Um, you know, you have a competitor nature in you, and it came out in him.
2: Rod Woodson joins us. Rod, I know I have to be careful. I went as a fan. You know I'm a season ticket holder. I spend a lot for those tickets. I didn't expect to see the two-hand touch and not bringing everyone to the ground. I understand why. After being a part of it and after playing in so many Pro Bowls like yourself, how do you think that game's going to evolve in years to come?
0: Yeah, you know, and and I tell you what, you know, Vrabel, uh, you know, the coaching staff for the Tennessee Titans, you know, they're old school, right? So his message was the whole week, respect the game, respect the process, respect your players, protect each other, and go out and have fun. And what he was really telling them is to play fast, play faster than what we have seen in the past. And, you know, they just, for some reason, it seems like they just – don't feel that they want to get hurt in that nature. So I don't know exactly where they're going to go with it. You know, uh, I think as long as fans keeps you know showing up uh, and you know they get a good viewing from the TV, then I think they they'll probably keep it as is. Um, you know, I would like to see just a you know as an athlete, as a competitor. My personal nature is I don't want to lose. I don't care what it is and. You know, I would hope that that would come out in the guys. It did at times with different guys throughout. You know, games. You know, Burns for Carolina and the defensive end. I mean, he was getting after our quarterbacks. I mean, he right. got back. I mean, he got back there quite, a, quite, quite fast multiple times. So you, you would hope that somewhere along the line. The guys just, you know, take it upon themselves to pick it up. Or, you know, I don't know if the the league would change if, if like I said, as long as fans, because it was a pretty good crowd. Um, I don't know what the TV ratings were. But I think if that, is, if that stays high, then I think they stay where they're at right now.
2: Hall of Famer Rod Woodson joins us. So, Rod, my big storyline, there's a few for the Super Bowl, but you do a lot of games as an analyst on radio. And I wanted to ask you when you played, when you were a corner before you went to safety, when there's a superstar on the other side, like Jamar Chase, and you see Jalen Ramsey, take us back in the day for you when you wanted to blanket that receiver no matter where he went because Ramsey moved around a lot against the Niners. He did not guard Debo on every play. He switched off to his side and guarded Ayuk. So what do you think the message should be for Ramsey to guard him? This, this reminds me of Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler. This is a welterweight, middleweight championship fight. How do you see that matchup?
0: I know me personally, I want to match him everywhere he goes. I don't care if we're playing zone or man. Uh, I want to be on his side. Um, You know, maybe Jalen is saying that. I don't know. I don't know what the game plan is going to be. Um, You know, it's very rare that he does that every game throughout the whole game. I haven't seen that a lot this year with him. He does match at times. Um, You know, I just know for me, again, if I'm going to have that – that label, the best corner in the league, I, I want it prove it. And it's a great challenge because Chase is fast, and he's becoming a better route runner. Um, you know, and if you don't tackle that guy in space and you let him get a step on you, uh, he's gone. And, you know, for so I, I think for Ramsey to play at his best, he has to just be fundamentally sound. Don't, don't open up the gate, and that's what I mean is, like, don't give this guy a free release. Because he's a four-two something, four-three something right, If you let him run that fast, but if you touch him and slow him down, then that got advantage goes back to the DB. So I gotta hope that Jalen saying, I want I want to match him. I wanna. I want to be there with him, no matter if he's in the slot or out wide. Uh, well, let's see out on plays on Sunday.
2: Hall of Famer Rod Woodson is our guest. Rod, I want to talk to you about the big issue that's blanketing the Super Bowl. Brian Flores. There was 32 jobs in the NFL. There weren't 32 jobs open, but there were eight jobs open, 32 positions, and Brian Flores doesn't have a job now. I am shocked by that, and I'm also shocked that Eric enemy interviewed on the back end of the Dennis Allen hire. Why bring him in? And then Brian Flores is suing the Giants for what's called the sham interview. You know everyone in this league. What do you believe is happening here and what the NFL has to deal with?
0: Well, you know, it's like, you know, we we've, we've had a big movement in our society over the last couple years, right? Uh, you know, we've had the pandemic, but we had a, you know, I, get, I guess more came to light with systemic racism, how the cops are treated and treating blacks comparable to other races. Um, and we've talked about that, right, across the globe. We also talked about, you know, the non or or. People of color not getting the opportunities to be head coaches in the National Football League. And if you look at the history, it's, it's kind of sad, right, to see how many openings there have been over the history of the modern football and how many black coaches have been there. You know, David Caldwell uh, for the Detroit Lions had a winning record and went to the postseason and, did, and got fired. Um, the same thing with Flores. And, you know, I, I think the hard thing is, is when you tell individuals who own the teams, which is 32 billionaires and they're all white, that they have to do something about it, they kind of look like they really have stuck their foot in the ground and said, well, no, you don't, you're not going to tell us how to run our program and run my team. This is my team. And they've gone really the opposite of the hiring cycle. Now, Lovey Smith came in you know, in the 23rd hour and got that job with uh, Houston. And McDaniels, who I did not know he was biracial, um, uh, gets the job. So that's great. But there's still a lot of work to be done with the changing of the mindset of owners and GMs and team presidents to let them know that minorities can be leaders of men. And that's at the end result. That's what really what it's about. It's not about X's and O's. It's about being leaders of men.
2: But, Rod, you coached in this league. How disappointed should African-American candidates be now if there's a white assistant coach for Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan? They seem to be the hot commodities now. They've never coached as head coaches in college. Obviously, it's their first job, and we're seeing more and more. I think this Brian Flores story is huge, but I'm more upset today about the enemy. I know the enemy has had a past, and he's tried to clean that up, but he works under Andy Reid in a franchise that's been arguably the best beside the Patriots for the last four or five years. And I just couldn't believe, Rod, that they brought him in for an interview, hired Dennis Allen all day long, but he was in there for a seven- to nine-hour interview reportedly, and everybody says he doesn't interview well. Well, you've been in interviews. What are those interviews like, and how do you get better over the years so you get that job?
0: Well, just because you don't interview well doesn't mean you're not a good coach. Some people just get nervous in no type of setting. But at the end, end result, he's going to create a great culture because that's what he knows. And he's going to teach good football. And he's going to put a good staff together. And he's going to have a, you know, I, I would think that he's going to make them guys understand what the standard is for their football team. And that's to win championships. Uh, you know, a lot of times we get caught up in the PowerPoints or, you know, guys talking really, really well and they get in and they don't coach real well That's because they can't lead men. At the end result, I think you really got to slow down as owners and general managers and team presidents and ask yourself, can these guys lead 53 men to do uncommon deeds, to play for the front of the jersey instead of the back of the jersey? And if they do that, then I think that will open up that platform and hopefully open up their eyes to say, people of color can speak to individuals to get them to do things they normally don't want to do and play for the team instead of individually. Um, so hopefully, you know, this thing, you know, maybe he dove on a sword for the betterment of all the other minority coaches out there in the world. Uh, you know, hopefully he, ha- he, he, he still gets a job, but if he doesn't, uh, hopefully somewhere along the line, the hiring practices, and the idea of what a coach is changes because it's sad. Uh, It kind of makes you, you know, I I love, you know, the NFL and love coaching. It just kind of makes you want to cry because they really haven't moved forward past that needle what we've talked about for the last five to ten years.
2: Hall of Famer Rod Woodson. Rod, last one. Who are you leaning to? Cincinnati's been on an unbelievable roll. The Rams get the home game with the veterans. Who do you like?
0: You know, I got I got two Fort Wayneers playing okay. in this game. I got Jesse Bates the third, and I got Ben Tirani. Right, so they're both from Fort Wayne, my hometown. And you know, I would love to see both of them win the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know, I I, I like. I just like where the Rams are at right now, and if Matthew Stafford plays the way he has played so far in the postseason, and this defensive front played the way they have played so far this postseason, and I know in the championship game, um, you know Joe Burrow didn't get hit that often, but Aaron Donald's a different beast. Yeah, and they, they got they have the weapons to slow him down. Now I think in result they do have three good receivers for Cincinnati. You know, we talk about chase, but you know, and even the tight end, I mean they got some players over there that can make plays and you know, so to me it's coming down to can Matthew Stafford take care of the football, can the defensive front for the Rams get after Joe Burrow? Because if they sack him seven, eight times, they are not gonna win that game talking about the Cincinnati Bingo. So I really believe in the Rams being at home. Um, but I, I just like where the defense is at. I like I like what Raheem Morris has really done with his defense this year and how they've come around, especially this late three-game run. Um, I I like them uh, to pull this one out.
2: Thank you, Rod. Appreciate you doing a dinner on me in Vegas when I get back. Always appreciate you. All
0: right, my brother. I'll talk to you.
2: Thank you, Rod. There he is, Rod Woodson. He's in, and he'll be out here at some point later on this week, one of the all-time greats. Appreciate his analysis of everything that's happening, not only on the game, But being an African-American Hall of Famer and everything that's happening in this league with the coaching hires, as of now, that's someone I wanted to talk to. We got Michael Irvin, the Hall of Famer. So we're starting off our coverage here with two gold jackets. The great Rod Woodson and Michael Irvin are coming up here shortly. You want to get into the show in between these interviews? Uh, Give it a shot, 702-365-9200. Allen in Vegas, our first call from Radio Row in L.A. Thanks for calling. Hey, thank you,
1: JT. Um, I'm With the Rams and Bengals this Sunday, I just want to say that I'm really proud of Matt Stafford and what he's been able to overcome because in the past, when a quarterback gets a new coach or a new offensive coordinator, most people say that it takes about a year for the quarterback to learn the offense and be productive in that offense. But Stafford's been able to do it in one season. And look at him. He's in the Super Bowl. And as a Raider fan, that gives me a lot of optimism that Josh McDaniels can create an offensive scheme that Derek Carr can learn quickly in his first year and hopefully get us back to the playoffs.
2: That's a really good point, Alan, about the scheme and what's going to happen there. The only other issue is the Raiders got to get better players on defense. They have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. They traded for Von Miller, who's a Hall of Famer and still hopefully has something left heading into the Super Bowl. The Raiders and this organization now has to thread the needle and nail it when it comes to getting free agents who are going to come in with something left in the tank. Mike Mayock was decent at that. We'll see if he's able... uh, I I have a lot of confidence in this team and this new leadership at GM. So I think there's going to be an opportunity for them to get it done, but they have to get better players.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then you look on defense, a new defensive team, and again, I hope that uh, that Coach Graham can... Tailored up for the players on our team and also keep Casey Hayward and others and get Maxson and Gawkway productive in this new scheme so they can get us back to the playoffs also at a more productive rate. I
2: I would agree with you. Thanks for the phone call. I would agree with you. Again, it's not going to be easy just because this is a 10 win team, but I think Josh McDaniels took this job because he's comfortable with the organization. The ownership uh, loves the GM connection to him And with all of this going forward, they have to get some better players. The thing that was interesting about Mike Mayock is Mike Mayock did a pretty good job at getting veteran players and getting free agents to come in. And a couple of those coaches and players from the Chargers to come over that had something left in the tank to make a playoff run. But the next thing that has to happen here, the next thing that has to happen is we have to find a way where the better players who are in the prime of their career – want to come in and make a difference they have to want to come to vegas because of the tax issue everything that's happening going forward and they have to say this is where i want to play defense for the next two to three years of my career and i think it's very important now that we take a look at what's going to happen patrick graham comes over from the giants to lead the raider defense listen to what he had to say about the scheme of his career so far going forward the scheme is always based on the people so,
3: again, the people are going to be different. You know, you could try to, you know, everybody's going to do it. They're going to try to look at a body type and try to say, oh, this guy's like this guy they use, and this guy's like this guy they use, which is fine. But the scheme is going to be based on the people. And until I get to know the people here, you know, I don't want to speak for those guys. I haven't really met anybody, everybody there. But, like, in terms of just the scheme will be reflective of the people and what's needed for that game plan. But you can anticipate it being multiple, if that makes sense, you know. People ask four, three, three, four. I say yes. I mean, so I answer to both of them. So you can say two, four, yes. Three, three, five, yes. I mean, whatever, whatever number you, you, however you want to rearrange the front seven, the whole 11, yes. And we'll see what happens.
4: And it's funny you mention that because mm-hmm. at head coach Joe Judge's press conference, he mm-hmm. talked about customizing the defensive scheme and things as basic as the front, mm-hmm. week to week based on your opponent. So as someone that's going to be teaching this from week to week. What are the challenges to having a variable defense each week based on your opponent?
3: See, no matter what, in terms of the, the structure of the defense, in my opinion, this is my opinion, in terms of the structure of the defense, whether it's, you know, thir- three, four, four, three, what, how two, uh, four, two, if you're talking about nickel, four, two, five, whatever you're going to look at, it comes down to the fundamentals, you know, in terms of stopping the running, you're setting the edge, building the wall. So it doesn't matter how the, how the, the people are lined up. When the ball snapped, we gotta build a wall, we gotta make sure we got a good edge. I guess you can set an edge from a 3-4, you can set an edge from a 4-3. Passing game, you gotta make sure you're playing your leverage. So whether it's cover one, three, two, whatever it may be, we could play that out of all those groupings. We gotta win our leverage and defend the deep part of the field. And then after that, you gotta tackle. So again, is it hard to teach that? Now you start with the fundamentals. If everybody understands the fundamental, what we're trying to do, and who we're trying to take away, then how we deploy the guys in terms of the structure of the defense, I mean, not irrelevant, but, I mean, I mean, we, we can figure that out. Because you got to give the guys credit. They, they do a good job. You've got to think about how much information they gather in one week for one opponent.
2: Then Sunday's over, they have to wipe that clean and get ready for another opponent. That is probably the most in-depth, long soundbite you'll ever hear in the history of Patrick Graham's life. That was when he was with the Giants, and now he comes to the Raiders. So he doesn't want to hear about 4 3, 3 4. A lot of fans do, a lot of players do. Everybody's worried what happens if Max gets thrown into a 3 4 instead of a 4 3 where he can dominate. This guy will figure it all out. He's highly regarded as a defensive coordinator that can work with multiple schemes. I like Gus's scheme. Based on the Legion of Boom, I think it helped out. At times, it was very conservative. It wasn't very aggressive. They didn't blitz a lot. Maybe the Raiders see more blitz packages, more opportunities to make big plays. But they're going to have to bring in new defensive players to fit the scheme of the new head coach and the new defensive coordinator. So a lot of coaches are no longer here. But there's a lot of players that aren't going to fit the scheme, even though he said he can play multiple schemes. He's going to go get players that he believes will help out instantly so this defense can be more explosive. And as Chris in West Oakland always calls in and says, can't be explosive if you don't catch the ball on defense. If you don't catch the ball when it's thrown to you, if you don't have big interceptions and pick sixes, something this team's been missing out on for quite some time, it's going to be a problem. So I'm optimistic about what they're going to do next. As we are brought to you by Remy Martin. You're going to be hearing a lot of Remy Martin this week because they're one of the main reasons I'm here as one of our great partners here. Whenever I talk X's and O's, off the air, it's with the Remy Martin cocktail in my hand. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Coming up next, one of the all-time great wide receivers, the playmaker, Michael Irvin, joins us next.
1: You know, I think if you would have told me before the season that we'd be going to the Super Bowl, I probably would have called you crazy. You know, nothing surprises me now. I know the kind of guys that we have and the team that we have. So, you know, there's there's still one left. We're excited about this one. But, you know, we'll celebrate tonight and then move on. Back to Radio Row with the Los Angeles Convention Center.
2: JT, back with you from Radio Row at the Convention Center, brought to you by Doghouse Saloon, the best place to watch the Super Bowl is Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World Las Vegas, the newest property on the Strip. There's not a bad seat in Doghouse to watch the game. Plus, there's a sportsbook right on site to place your bets for the Super Bowl. Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World Las Vegas, our official home for the Super Bowl. Joining us, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. I've known him and been interviewing him for many years. Thrilled that he's kicking off our coverage The playmaker, Michael Irvin. Happy Super Bowl week, Michael. How are you?
4: Man, I'm doing great, man. I, I cannot believe, JT, that we're back out in L.A. I cannot believe that we haven't been back out in L.A. for a Super Bowl since I crossed the goal line with a football in my hand and went in the end zone two times in 18 seconds, which will be an NFL Super Bowl record forever.
2: You know, Michael, I love that you're bold enough to say this because I agree with you. Records are not made to be broken when it comes to you. Everybody says that. Well, records are made to be broken. Not for you. You want to hold on to that one. Right. And some, some are. You know, Cooper Cup
4: got me this year. I had a 25 year old record there of most 100 yard games in a season. You know, I, with, with 12, I think Cooper Cup got 13 this season. But I, I, I'm not, you don't see me here saying that Cooper Cup had one extra game. You know what I'm saying? You don't hear me saying those things, so I'm going to give up those records. But two offensive touchdowns in a Super Bowl in 18 seconds, let me tell you why that record you don't give up. They may not bring up the record on the season, but every Super Bowl you got (laughs) to see, they'll bring that Super
5: Bowl record up.
2: Michael Irvin joins us. Michael, I love to spend most of our limited time talking about the Hall of Fame, but before I get to that, you know I live in Vegas. I drove all the way out here to interview you, and I'm kicking. you're my first guest, and I do about 30 on Radio Row, so I'm thrilled you could kick off our coverage. But what do you think of Vegas? So far, you're right there with NFL Network. You've been in there a bunch. But Allegiant Stadium, what Mark Davis did, what the city of Vegas did to bring a football team there. Give me your thoughts.
4: Man, it's
2: simply – Insane, and we cannot wait. I kept telling, and it's so funny,
4: everybody's, everybody, I, I was like, in the Super Bowl in Vegas next year. I have been saying this for the last few weeks. They're like, no, it's in Arizona, then Vegas. I said, no, it's in Vegas next year. It should be in Vegas next year. So, hey, man, everybody, everybody wants to get to that Super Bowl, wants to get to Vegas to watch games. I guarantee you, those are the most, those are going, that's just the most incredible games. Because every time any team plays there, that's the perfect trip. You know what I mean? So I'm so happy that the NFL finally did what was right and got to Vegas. You cannot have a Vegas without having
2: a team. Well, I'll tell you this. This is a layup for you because Canton, Ohio, better do what's right and get my guy Cliff Branch in. Drew Pearson, I get it. I get all the great ones that came before you and even after you. But speed kills. Tell me a Cliff Branch story, and he's the only senior on this list here, Michael. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Cliff Branch should have been in the Hall of Fame decades ago.
4: Yeah, man, you remember Cliff Branch. Oh, man, and and that's when we first learned about that speed, you know,
2: and and, and, and how
4: speed kills. So, absolutely, but even when you look through all of these, you look through all of these guys that they got going in right now, who do you pull off and say, okay, He doesn't deserve in. It's just that's a hard choice. It's a hard choice. But I'm with you. Cliff Branch has been a long time. Give give, give the man his flowers.
2: Michael, when you got in, I talked to you the weekend you got in, and I really think you're the special bridge to Nitschke and Deacon. And I always thought it was you because of your passion for the game, your role as a media member, and the fact that you take the Hall of Fame so seriously. What has changed since you've been inducted? When you go back to Canton, Ohio, and your in- continued passion for the Hall of Fame.
4: Well, and, and, and JT, listen. You know, I've never missed not one ceremony since I've been inducted. And I've always said that as long as God has given, as long as God gives me health, I'm going to show up to honor the guys that played before me, bar none. You know, I, I and, and and this and, and this is not something hard for me to do. I love. I love hearing the stories of the new guys that are coming in and certainly listening to the stories that of the guys that are already there. So, you know, there's absolutely nothing like it. And what they're doing at the Hall of Fame, all of the new, uh new uh, stuff that they built there, the new hall, is absolutely beautiful, man. It is the what of what we all love in sports. So everybody should try to get a shot and go see it.
2: Hall of Famer Michael Irvin is our guest. Michael, do you feel a responsibility to tell some of the younger guys getting in behind you that they need to show up every year? If some guy takes five years off, if it's not convenient to look him in the eye when you see him on the road and say you need to be there?
4: Yeah, because well, we want to keep promoting the game. And and, and and we can't tell the game, honestly, without the stories of these guys in there. I, when I when I talk in that room, I tell those guys, I say, hey, man, the stories in here are like the Bible of the NFL. The NFL cannot be told without the stories in this room, you know, so let's make sure that we're honoring that ourselves. We're going to be asking people to honor it, and we won't honor it ourselves, you know, so it's important enough to be back here to uh, spend time and to kick off every season with right here the Bible of the NFL.
2: Wrapping it up with Michael Irvin. Michael, how have you gotten better as a broadcaster? What do you work on? You work with great broadcasters. You've been doing this for a while. What are your next goals as a broadcaster? T.G., let me tell you what. So I'm glad you asked the question. Let
4: me tell you, I can go deep into this now. I won't go too mm-hmm. crazy, but I want to give you some things because I think it's important great art of communication is not just what it, one said, it's also how one receives. So I want to learn how one receives also. We have in our brain what's what we call sensory receptors. These, these are the things that help us bring in and galvanize information through our five senses. Ear gate, nose gate, mouth gate, taste gate, touch gate, so all through those five senses, we get information. They call sensory receptors. We have millions of sensory receptors in our brain to help us bring in and galvanize information. But we have billions of sensory receptors in our imagination. Imagination. So even when I'm speaking to you, I won't speak to you in linear terms because it would only incorporate the millions. But if I speak to you in story form, a movie form, anything that I put the right kind of analogy, it brings in your imagination. It opens up a billion of sensory receptors, and now your brain is more vibrant and listening to what I'm saying. This is what they do when the movies come on and they play music before mm-hmm. the theme gone on. they're playing that to activate the billions of receptors in your imagination. And you start thinking about all the possibilities of what may happen, even when you know what's going to happen, you still jump. You see what I'm saying? Learn how to activate those billions, and you'll learn how to communicate better to
2: people. Was there a cowboy broadcasting school? Considering the money you and Troy have made as broadcasters, then Romo, co- no, wait, then Romo comes in. Romo comes in and sets the bar with his money. What was going on there in Dallas, bro? You guys picked up on this.
4: I, I don't know, but you know what it is. I give I give my man some love that has helped us all, and, and, and that's my boy over there, Bradshaw. You know Brad Sham.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's been in
4: Dallas forever, Brad. Every one of us have worked with Brad. Brad is like the training wheels that bring us right on into this world. So I wanted to give him some flowers also.
2: Last question. What does this game mean to you now? It's given you so much. I heard you earlier today on Dan Patrick as I was driving in from your days at the U, now to NFL Network and all your other broadcasting platforms. How much of a blessing has this been for Michael Irvin where you're at today? It, it, it really
4: has been a great blessing, and 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 I think about that, and I thank God for that, you know. But 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 let me tell you what I do though. I get mine, whatever I get, and I give it to those that have come before me. God has always said to me, He'll always give it to me if He if I'll if He'll let me get it through me. If I, as long as you're giving it to someone else and helping out others, He'll always give it to you if He knows He can get it through you. Take that and run with.
2: Look forward to getting a beverage with you and Johnny Mac, keeping the tradition alive. Thanks for doing this.
4: You know we will be having some of the old beverages lady. <laughs> you know we will, buddy. Appreciate you, buddy.
2: Appreciate you, Michael. Michael Irvin. Wow, Rod Woodson, Michael Irvin to kick off the show. 702-365-9200. Coming up next, Jeff Sherman from the Westgate back in Vegas will give us the Super Bowl odds and some prop bets. If you're betting on the game, you don't want to miss this. Our coverage from the Super Bowl in L.A., Radio Row, Raider Nation Radio. What he's done, he's elevated everybody around him. He's made me a better coach. He's made his teammates better. He's such a great person. I think you guys know from getting a chance to interact with him, if you don't root for this guy, something's wrong with you.
1: Back to Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center.
2: JT, back with you as we're brought to you by BillsHappen.com. Bills Happen, so when you need cash, visit my friends at BillsHappen.com. Fast and easy and online. You can get up to $5,000 cash as early as tomorrow. Go to BillsHappen.com. We go out to the Westgate, the Superbook, where Jeff Sherman, kind enough to join us, the VP of Risk Management. So, Jeff, let's begin. As I'm in L.A., and your perception of this line movement or lack of line movement going into this game, you still have it the way we talked to you last week, Rams minus 4.5 total 48.5. 48 and a half yeah it's been pretty sitting pretty
5: steady and we've seen a lot of two-way support on the money line the total the spread it's a, a pretty solid number right now and as we get closer to the weekend we are going to tighten up our splits to try to give people an advantage to bet both sides of it and go to a 10 cent spread and a 10 cent money line so uh, we're, we're eager to do that too
2: Yeah, tell us, and our listeners behind the scenes that are new to sports gambling, how that is and what you do to encourage more volume and get more people involved. That interests me.
5: Yeah, generally, when you bet a spread, you're betting at minus 110, where you're betting $11 to win 10 at a return of $21. So whether you bet the Rams minus four and a half or the Bengals plus four and a half, that's a denomination that you would put up. So what we're going to do is tighten that split. So if you bet the Bengals, it would be bet. $10.50 $10.50 to win 10. Same thing with the Rams, so you're putting up a little less juice by us tightening our margins.
2: Uh, let's talk about Super Bowl props and what's happened with you along the way since you guys do it better than anybody. Best reputation in the world this prop bets and how some of those odds move since you posted them.
5: Yeah, we've got over 462-way props and it's the most we've done we keep uh adding more each year and we've seen a lot of sharp play, a lot of public play and some of the ones that the the public are on. Will the game be tied after zero zero? We opened yes even money. That's at minus one ten a lot of yes support on that one. Uh the safety at seven to one, overtime at seven to one, we're seeing that. Um here's one that's applicable to what we've seen lately. Will the game be decided by exactly three points? And if you look look recently, five out of the last six playoff games have been decided by exactly three points. The only one that didn't was a Kansas City Buffalo which was by six in overtime. So that was even close. And so you can get four to one odds on it being decided by exactly three points. A lot of yes support right now on that one. Uh, Some of the ones that the Sharps have been playing, over quarterback sacks, we opened five flat. We're up to five over 50. Uh, Longest gross punt by Johnny Hecker from 55.5 to 53.5. And And here's one with Jamar Chase on his rushing yards. We opened 2.5. We're up to 4.5 on that.
2: Jeff Sherman from the Westgate. Let's talk about the first touchdown scored in the super bowl historically where do betters go to that a running back it could be a quarterback sneak a bold wide receiver making a big play downfield and then the value in guessing right and betting right on a defensive touchdown
5: yeah well you see a lot of that with uh you know first of all that the touchdown against any other we have at minus two dollars and we've seen some support for anything but a passing touchdown um and then, when you look at the players, you see a lot of the wide receivers the quarterbacks get a lot of support in the twenty five to thirty to one range, just because of the long odds you 'll see that, and then the defensive players you see them up at forty fifty sixty to one. so a lot of people just sprinkle a little bit of money on them, but generally, you see the Odell Beckhams, the cooper cups those are the ones that are commanding a, a lot of support in the six and a half to
2: seven to one range. Jeff, take us to the any time touchdown that seems like a prop. That everyone would want to get involved with, you know, you know these players on the stars: Mixon, Acres, Cup, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham Jr., and then you got Higgins and Boyd. There's got to be some value there as you look at the odds.
5: Well, yeah, that's just it. And you know, we offer a two-way market on that. So, Cooper right. Cup, for instance, is yes minus 160, no plus 140. But a lot of those popular players, you see, at short prices uh, when you compare it to other prop prices. So the public will get involved in the yes side. And generally, the Sharps will play the no side of the touchdown props.
2: Jeff Sherman's our guest. Jeff, let's talk about props tied to other sports. If you give us a couple of examples of some fun ones, maybe tied to the NBA, NHL, and other sports and how fans love that.
5: Yeah, you know, we keep trying to be unique each year we do this stuff. And uh, one of them I came up with is with the uh, Olympic hockey, the Germany against U.S. men's Olympic hockey game. Total goals in that minus a half against Stafford rushing yards. So that's obviously unique as rare as the Olympics come around. Uh, I did some golf ones. You know how big I am with golf. Mm -hmm. Phoenix Open winning score this week uh, against Joe Burrow passing yards. And Burrow passing yards minus 12.5. We even incorporated UNLV for the locals. UNLV points against Boise State on Friday night against Joe Mixon. Rushing yards, Mixon minus 4.5. I want
2: to wrap it up also connecting this with a couple of quarterback MVPs of the past. What is that prop like when you think about the MVP when it typically goes to a quarterback, usually goes to a quarterback, and these are two really good stories at the quarterback position?
5: Yeah, and that's a starting point when you look at the MVP odds. And we have mm-hmm. Stafford at even money and Burrow at 5-2, to two, and it's somewhat uh, correlative to the money line of the game. And, it's, and it just deviates a little bit because you bring the other, other players into play But those are the starting points. Those are the ones everyone looks to do because even if Cooper Cup has a fantastic game, it's Stafford that's going to be leading that charge and able to take care of uh, other players involved, too. So those are definitely the starting points, and they get the most tickets and most money bet
2: on them. Last one here, Jeff. What amazes you? You've been doing this a long time. And for our listeners all over the country, when they come to the Westgate for the Super Bowl, it's an enormous crowd. There's so much action what has evolved over the last four or five years with the development of great sports apps where you can bet real-time and how fans now are betting more nationally, different states around the country, but why they always come back to the Westgate, what you guys do best?
5: Well, it's, it's basically like Disneyland. You see a line, but, you know, what we've learned is to expedite that and get people in and out a little bit quicker, so there's more fluidity to that. And then we have a quick sign-up process if you want to get the app so you don't have to wait in line. And every one of the props that we offer is available on the app. And when you log on to the app, you can download the prop sheet itself if you want to check the rules of it. So we keep adding more to it so you're more informed on what's going on. But everything is right there on your phone. You don't have to wait in the lines. You could be sitting in the book and, and just fire it in in two seconds. And that's what's been fantastic. Things have really changed since the app. And we offer everything we do over the counter on the app.
2: Excellent. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for connecting with us at the Super Bowl. We just got to Radio Row. We're happy you're one of the first we're talking to you. Really appreciate you. All right. Thanks, JT. There he is, Jeff Sherman, joining us from the Westgate back in Vegas. You know, we talk to him every time in Vegas. Now we get a chance to do it from Los Angeles as we are live from Radio Row, brought to you by Grimaldi's. Hands down, my favorite pizza in Las Vegas, only at Grimaldi's. You can get the famous New York-style cold-fired brick oven pizza, that you crave Grimaldi's has four locations in the Vegas Valley to find one near you. Go to Grimaldi's pizzeria.com. That's why I, I can guarantee you we're the only two people that got Michael Irvin and Rod Woodson on radio row right out of the gate. That's a good start for us next hour. We'll weave through it, but let's reset with you at the top of the hour on a little Raider nation, cliff branch talk. That's my goal this week. I want to hear from some cliff branch fans as this should be his Hall of Fame week.